0: Hello everyone, and welcome to a special edition of Global Polymer Conversations. In this series, we'll discuss the polymer markets and global petrochemical fundamentals. Global Polymer Conversations is brought to you by Argus Media, a leading independent provider of energy and commodity pricing information. My name is Matt Rajendra, and I'm a reporter covering the Middle East petrochemical sector. With me today is Muhammad Fadil, Vice President of Petrochemicals at Argus. Thank you, Fadul, for joining me and Ramadan, Kareem, to you and to our listeners who are observing the fasting month.
1: Thank you, Matt, for having me. You're very kind with your Ramadan wishes. It has indeed been a very busy Ramadan this year, perhaps the busiest for us in recent years.
0: Yes, indeed. It has been pretty interesting. In fact, this podcast is a special edition outside our usual schedule for a good reason. On the 29th of April, Aramco and Sabic both announced their intention to transfer their marketing and sales responsibilities. A number of Aramco petrochemicals and polymer products will go to Sabic, and the offtake and resale responsibility of a number of Sabic products will move to Aramco Trading Company. So, Fadil, could you please talk us through this?
1: The April 29th announcement—it's a watershed moment. A truly defining moment in the history of Middle East petrochemicals. We had been anticipating a major reorganization in the commercial structure between SABIC and Aramco for some time now. And last month, we had an early hint. SABIC already announced it will take over marketing of Sadara chemical products in the Middle East from 1st July together with Dow. And the April 29th news. It's a much wider change to the overall marketing structure. Essentially, SABIC will market polymers, taking over some of the remit from Aramco Chemical Company. And as part of these changes, ATC will be responsible for fuel products. This map is significant. It aligns the Aramco and SABIC strategies following Aramco's acquisition of a 70% stake. In SABIC in June last year.
0: Thank you very much, Fadil. That was a pretty succinct overview. But let's look outside of Saudi Arabia. How does this impact the other Aramco International joint ventures and partnerships?
1: Aramco will also transfer responsibilities for its PREFCAM and S Oil JV's to SABIC. S Oil operates a 405,000 ton per year PP unit in South Korea and the PRevCam facility in Malaysia will have the capacity to produce 750,000 tons per year of PE and 900,000 tons per year of PP. I would add, we are expecting PRevCam to start up in the second half of this year, and this would likely see a transformative effect in the Southeast Asia polymer market. With S-Oil and Petronas both, Sabic will have the capacity to market more polymers globally, which is a significant boost to its international footprint. This will also allow Sabic to focus on its Asia PP and PE customers in light of the upcoming oversupply we are anticipating in the second half of 2021. And Matt, if you recall what our colleague Ying said in last month's polymer podcast. For PP alone, around 4.5 million tonnes per year of new capacity in Asia is expected to come on stream in the first half. Although, of course, we expect some slippages and delays.
0: Thanks, Fadil. Now, moving away from polymers, what about the other petrochemicals?
1: Matt, what we know is ATC will handle the offtake and resale of a number of Sabic aromatics and fuel products. This includes benzene, MTBE, MEG as well, which is another massive portfolio, will stay with Sabic on the marketing front. Sales of paraxylene will remain with ATC. Let's also not forget Aramco has in the past few years, especially before COVID-19, embarked on a drive to increase petrochemical investment including new downstream projects in China and India. Worth for me to note, Matt, to the audience as well, we are hearing more positive noises on the Aramco and Reliance Agreement in recent days.
0: Thank you, Fadil. I think you really covered the matters outside Saudi Arabia really well. But right now, I think the question on everyone's mind is what about petroarabic? After all, this is a key Aramco joint venture with Sumitomo. So what will their marketing arrangements look like? The
1: commercial agreement for Petroarabic was not mentioned in the April 29 announcement. And the interest around Petroarabic is understandable. And of course, due to a simple reason, Petroarabic is a truly diversified producer, not just of polymers, but of other petrochemicals and feedstock as well. I'll just note you some capacities. It's 700,000 tons per year for PP, 600,000 tons per year for LLDPE and HDPE, 300,000 tons per year of HDPE, and another 160,000 tons per year of LDPE. And again, on the aromatic side, if you notice, Matt, we have 400,000 tons per year of benzene and another 1.3 million tons of PX. That's a lot of capacities I'm listing, and I've not even included the more downstream products from Rubik2 such as EPDM and PMMA. So you're right, Matt. PetroArabic is a massive petrochemical producer, and many globally are paying very, very close attention. We will have to wait a bit more for further announcements on that front.
0: Indeed, and we'll be here to bring our listeners updates and insights as things develop. Lastly, before we end, Fadil, I'd like to squeeze in one last question. Can you give us an idea on the supply chain and logistics between Aramco and Sabic under this new structure?
1: Matt, that is a really, really good question and very pertinent, especially now. What we know is commercial responsibility of liquid bulk will be consolidated under ATC. And this arrangement includes chemicals and feedstock. The shipping of all solid products will be consolidated under SABIC. What is interesting is supply chain has been a fundamental concern in polymers markets this year. I'm sure you know, Matt, we saw three, four, five-fold jumps in feed costs in the last nine months. Let me give you an example of South Korea to Turkey for PP. It used to be only $60 per ton. Now it's close to $300 per ton, according to Argus data. So Sabic managing polymer shipping will allow it flexibility to manage its incremental supply chain costs properly as a true global player. That is, Matt, a competitive advantage. And like many global producers, utilizing a strategy focused on free trade agreements of ASEAN, of Korea, of EU, to get the lowest duties in key export markets.
0: Thank you very much for your insights, Fadil. But for now, we have to draw this episode to a close. It's been a real pleasure talking to you, Fadil, and a big thank you to our listeners for tuning in. This has been a special edition of Global Polymer Conversations. If you enjoyed this podcast, do look out for other episodes in our series. I am Matt Rajendra, and for more information on August Petrochemicals product coverage, please visit argusmedia.com forward slash petrochemicals.